when the devil tries knocking on the door, let Jesus enter in that moment. That's, That's kind good. of like what I've been learning to do. And anytime you just say the name Jesus or invite his presence yeah. in, it it changes like things. it just changes things. And immediately, like even when you're by yourself, you feel like the atmosphere shifting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Offstage Podcast. We are in season two, where we're talking about the stories, stories of people um, at refuge, people's lives who have been impacted. And we're just excited to hear from people and to learn more about people, too. I think often we can see people at church, but do we really know their story? Do we really know their lives? And so uh, that's what this is all about. So Today, I am joined by Esther Ham, and I will say something about Esther is if you know Esther or have some kind of a relationship with her, your life is better because of it. And so there's so many people who have been blessed by her. And so I wanted to start out with an icebreaker because, you know, that just helps get things moving. But um, so the icebreaker is two truths and a lie, just the classic game. And I'm going to guess what the lie is. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. So first, I have been in a Doritos commercial. Second, I have met Kendall Jenner. And third, I was at a Jacob Collier concert and was invited to go up on stage with him. Wow. See, I knew this would be good. I feel like you have... (laughs) A really interesting life. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to guess a Doritos commercial. Hmm. But also Kendall Jenner. I was like, I got to make yes. this really hard. Okay. I'm going to guess the lie is that you've met Kendall Jenner. Eh, false. <gasps> really? <laughs> My God. The lie is that I got invited on stage to what? be with Jacob Collier. <laughs> that was the one that I thought for sure was true. <laughs> that is like a dream that I have. That has never happened. Maybe someday, but hasn't happened yet. Wow. (laughs) See, just learn more about each other every day. Who would have thought? Um, So let's go ahead and just dive right in to your story. And um, let's just talk about your early days, your upbringing, um, your family, maybe even share how old you are. People might not know that. Um, And just, yeah, tell us about your early days and maybe some moments or people who shaped your journey with the Lord. Okay. Um, Well, I am 23 right now, so I still feel like I'm living in my early days. (laughs) I mean, I hope so. Um, But I grew up in like a predominantly Christian family, and I grew up in an all-Korean church. And so... The way I grew up was very, like, Korean-American culture fusion. Um, Yeah. We were, uh, my parents were heavily involved in church. They were both on the worship team. Um, My mom played keys. My dad was a worship leader. Um, And so I was at church, like, 24-7 all the time, any early morning prayers, because Koreans love to pray. Mm. And so they'll have like early morning services every Saturday. And so people get there at like 4.45 in the morning and wow. they start praying. And then service goes from five to six. And then 
they all have breakfast together and all that stuff. So like, mm. and all these parents are bringing their kids. So then we're always there Saturday early in the morning. And then New Year's, like the first week of New Year's, they always have early, like 5 a.m. prayers Wow. every morning. And so we're always just there with our parents. So we were just always at church, living and breathing church. <laughs> um, but I came to know the Lord when I was 16. And it was honestly more so because I had a group of friends and one of my closest friends, she had given her life to Jesus. And there was something about the way that she would talk about him and the way that you would see little details in her life change where I was like, something about it was so attractive and it made me crave what she had. And I remember like I started to pray and it was awkward because I was like, I don't know what to pray or how to say what I want, but I would pray like, Lord, I want what she has. And at first, like the the desire was to sound as smart as she did or to know the Bible verses that she did or to say the things that she would be able to say in small groups and things like that. Um, so that's kind of where my desire was in the beginning. But it's interesting that even when my desire was not the best, spending time with Jesus made that more and more pure as time went on. Um, but my friend, I don't know if like, I feel like this is a good name drop. Her name name was Stephanie (laughs) and she, she really influenced like my first desire, um, to have a relationship with Jesus. And then, um, at the time we transitioned into a new youth pastor and, I remember I did not like him when he first became our youth pastor. He was very, like, very passionate about the word. And it just seemed like he was screaming at us every service. And I was like, why is this man screaming at us every single Sunday? Like, I cannot handle this. Um, But he ended up playing a really big role um, in my walk with Jesus. And he was very straightforward and to the point with me. I feel like him and his wife really took me under their wing. And, um, he put me in places of leadership that were really uncomfortable for me. And, um, if he saw that there was a part in my life or a part where I was leading, where I could grow, he was very straightforward. And I was not used to that kind of leadership, but I really needed that. Um, and he really spoke into my life and is a big reason why I'm where I am today. So that's amazing. I think, having leaders like that in your life that push you and challenge you to do things that you re- that are uncomfortable are the best kind of leaders even though in the moment you're like why do i have to do this but um growth is uncomfortable at times yeah. and so um but it's awesome to have leaders who see those things in you yeah. and and then can help you grow yeah. so uh, when you were 16, you said is kind of when you, um, you know, made your relationship with Jesus real. And so what was, was there like a pivotal moment that, um, that you surrendered your life to him and gave your life to him or was it more of a journey? What did that look mm-hmm. like for you? Um, I remember hearing these stories when I was younger of people and their lives changing like 180 degrees in a single moment. And I like a part of me wanted that to be my testimony, like where there's just this one moment where all of a sudden, like everything's changed and I give my life to Jesus. I my story wasn't that. Um, So, yeah, when I was 16, it was an Easter Sunday and it was a youth pastor that was only in for maybe like a couple months. 
and he gave an Easter Sunday service, honestly, your typical Easter Sunday service. But that was during the time where I was really praying to the Lord and asking him and telling him that I wanted a relationship with him and that I wanted a deep revelation of his presence in my life. That was when I was making those prayers. Um, And I was really curious as to how that prayer was going to be answered. And I wanted it to be like a moment where like, you know, angels fall from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you like kneel down and you're just in tears. Mm-hmm. But it was more so I was sitting in that service and for the first time, it was like something in me, like some eyes were opened. You know, like those words where you said, open the eyes of my heart, like mm-hmm. something like that. But that moment was so real. Um, and it was just like, he was just speaking the Easter Sunday service. And I remember sitting there and I was like, whoa, like the cross all of a sudden. It's interesting. Like it just didn't make sense to me, mm. like why he would die for me. It just really hit me Wow! all of a sudden, like the power of the blood of the cross really hit me in that moment. And that's when I knew I knew at that moment I was like, this is when I am saved. Mm. And this is the first revelation I've had of the power of the cross. And I remember driving home that day and I was telling my siblings about what happened. And I just knew on that day, like this, this is the day that I change. Um, and this is the day that I live intentionally for Christ. And ever since then, it's been like a day by day, week by week, Mm -hmm. like growing and growing and growing in my relationship with him. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Even, you know, an, an Easter message that that we may hear time and time again every single year, but for that moment for you is when it really hit home and when it really became real. And yeah. I think that's just so awesome. And yeah. so um, when it comes to, you know, even how you were sharing, it's a like a day-by-day process. It's mm-hmm. a journey. So have you ever felt at times – have you ever just doubted or felt like you were distant from God or um, or just, yeah, times where you've doubted and then how do you navigate those to then change that unbelief to belief and then just go deeper in his word? Mm, I feel like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I even woke up this morning and I was like, God, I feel a little bit distant from you. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know why that is. And there's some weeks where I'm just so on fire, like reading my word and mm-hmm. um, listening to all these podcasts and reading all these books and feeling so inspired to work out some of these like Christian disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that doing those things makes me feel closer to him. And when I mm-hmm. don't do those things, I don't feel as close. Um, mm-hmm. Like on weeks that I'm feeling a little less motivated Um, but I've realized that that's where the grace of God comes in Mm -hmm. and it's really like me telling myself that he never distances himself from me. Like I only distance myself from him. Mm -hmm. Um, he's just always there. And I think something that I think I maybe heard this from another podcast, but, um, they're talking about how sometimes that doubt in itself could 
block communication. Like you use that doubt to block communication with Jesus, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of been teaching myself of when I'm feeling those things, I immediately lift that feeling up to God of like, Lord, Mm -hmm. this is how I feel. And this is the place that I've been in. And I don't know why it's so hard for me to open up my word and to spend time with you. But Lord, would you enter into this time with me? And it's like when the devil tries knocking on the door, let Jesus enter in that moment. That's, That's kind good. of like what I've been learning to do. And anytime you just say the name Jesus or invite his presence yeah. in, it it changes like, things. It just changes things. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like even when you're by yourself, you feel like the atmosphere shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings me into a time with him when I invite him in that way. Yeah. I found that has what has been working for me. That's good. Recently. I love that. I think of times even in my journey where I've doubted or I haven't been spending time reading the Bible or praying. And then I just kind of get in this rut where it'll be like days without reading the Bible, mm-hmm. without praying. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of shut down in, in, just shut it out of my mind because I'm like, oh, like I'm fine. I've just, you know, we just got to go through the motions, get through this. But it's like every time I open my Bible, it's God shows me something Mm -hmm. and it is so much on us Mm -hmm. to make the effort because the Bible is always there, you know, Mm -hmm. that you have it on your phone. Like (laughs) there, there's no excuse for not. But I think sometimes our human nature is like, well, if I just don't open the Bible, you know, I'll just, you know, get through the day right. and get through the motions. Right. But they're really it it is a noticeable change. I know my days are different when I'm when I really make it a point to spend time mm-hmm. in the mornings with the Lord. And mm-hmm. so Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the flesh and fighting <laughs> it. But um so how do you see yourself now as opposed to then, meaning your, even just like your identity and who you are, how do you see yourself now versus um, before you made that decision to follow Jesus? Hmm. I can't say I remember how exactly I saw myself, but now I can definitely say that I see myself through the lens of the cross. Hmm. Like a verse that has really, really been engraved on my heart for the past year now is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, where Paul says, I deem to know nothing but the blood of Christ. When I view myself through that lens, it really changes everything. Mm. Um, and I found the more time I spend looking at myself, for me at least, is pretty detrimental. Yeah. Um, I try to focus any attention I can on the cross or on Jesus. And that really changes the way that I see myself. And it's honestly more that I see myself less, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's all I have. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Before we wrap things up, I want to talk specifically about worship because I know that that is a huge part of who you are. For those of you who don't know, Esther serves on our worship team and uh, just an amazing worshiper, very talented, and it's so genuine and so pure. And so 
I just would love it if you shared a little bit about that journey for you and how you felt God calling you to become a worship leader and Mm -hmm. maybe share a little bit about that and just what worship is to you. Okay. Okay. I like this question. (laughs) There's a lot I can say. Um, So how I got called into worship, my view of worship and my view of my calling in worship has grown and developed quite a lot within the past four to five years. Um, I started off on my worship team by force. Um, (laughs) Thank you, mom. (laughs) Uh, When I was like 17, 18, and... I was that girl that was on stage where nobody could hear what I was singing, even if they bumped up my mic all the way. And it'd be like, Esther, we can't hear your voice. Like you have to sing up. And I just like did not like being there. And I just had a terrible attitude. Um, It was bad. (laughs) And I don't know. It was definitely that. I don't even know like when it really clicked. Maybe it was just a time thing. Um, but I really started loving my team and that's when I kind of started coming out of my shell. But, um, when I was, had just graduated from high school, I was very unsure of what I wanted to do. Cause I was originally going to go into dance as like a full-time job, but I got injured. And so I couldn't pursue that path anymore. And so I was very confused and I was like, Lord, what do I do? Where do I go? And I felt like I wasn't getting an answer. And so I went to university for a semester. Um, Didn't feel like the right place for me. And it had nothing to do with like me not liking it there. Like I loved university. I made such good friends and I was very involved in clubs and extracurriculars, but it just didn't feel right. And I continue to pray and pray and I felt like I wasn't getting a specific answer and one day I was just driving in my car and I just felt something in my spirit of like a call to worship and I was like oh I don't really know what that looks like and I started doing my research and looking into schools um I found there was like Highlands College there was Bethel School of Music um I was also looking into schools like Biola um GCU And then there was also Hillsong College. And I was like, oh, Hillsong College, it sounds pretty interesting. And at the time they were in Australia and I was like, whoa, like that's far. And I was like, but something in me was like, Hillsong College is the one, like Mm -hmm. I have to be there. (laughs) And um, so I continued to pray about it and I felt a yes to Hillsong College, but it like Australia just didn't feel right for some reason. And for me, it didn't feel right because my relationship with my parents during the time was not amazing. It was pretty bad. And I felt like the Lord had promised healing in my relationship with my parents. And in order for that to happen, I needed to be home for that. As much as I wanted to leave the house, I really felt like God wanted me to stay home. And so I was like, okay, then maybe Hillsong College is for a later time. And so I took a gap semester from college, worked full time, stayed home, and um, I fought with my parents every day. <laughs> and I kept this like desire to myself, didn't tell my parents, didn't tell friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just between me and God. 
And I remember my youth pastor at the time, he came up to me and he was like, hey, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but there's a school called Hillsong College and they're coming to Mm. Phoenix, Arizona um, for the first time. And he was like, I think you should really consider it. And I'm getting goosebumps (laughs) now just like remembering that happening because that's the grace of God. Like that's just God right there. And I really took that as a sign of like, okay, I really need to be there. Like the first year, the first day that opens, I Mm -hmm. need to be there. Um, But I was like, okay, I'm going to test God a little bit and I'm (laughs) going to ask for another confirmation. And um, I remember the next day my car broke down and this was when me and my mom were like not really on talking terms. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't talking and she had to drive me to work because I couldn't drive. And so we're just sitting there not talking. And she goes, hey, I know you're upset with me. And she was like, but I heard that there's a school called Hillsong College. And she was like, I don't know if you've ever considered going into ministry or worship. And she was like, but I think you should give it a thought. And I was like, oh, my God, my mom cannot see me cry right now. So I like (laughs) looked at the window and I'm like, my eyes are watering. Um, But. I don't believe in coincidences. Like that's the hand of God moving in my life. It was almost like he was screaming at me that Mm -hmm. Hillsong College was the answer. And so um, it was like a couple months after that, that Hillsong College opened, submitted my application, got in. Um, And during the time that I spent there, and then during the time that I've been here at Refuge, my definition of worship has grown so much. Worship has gone from like a thing to do on the platform, leading someone. Mm -hmm. Worship went from being a song to now I would say it's my heart engaging with him Mm -hmm. wherever I am because I love his presence. Mm -hmm. And it's a response to who he is in every moment of my life. Um Something I heard, which really, really shaped my definition of worship now, is there's different levels of depth in worship. The Bible says you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And there are parallels to God's greatness and to his craftsmanship on earth where you can be looking at the sunset or you can be on the mountains Mm -hmm. And you're so moved by his greatness. Like I've had moments where I'm driving in Phoenix because the sunsets there are beautiful. (laughs) And I'm just so moved by his goodness. And it moves like emotions in me. And you're moved to worship. Yeah. But, and you get there because there are attributes of God and you can find parallels of that on earth. But when it comes to God's holiness, there are no parallels to that hmm. on earth. Yeah, You can only find that in the word of God and through scripture. And so to know his holiness, you have to, have to, have to spend time with him yeah. in his word. That is what moves us to worship. And I think it's so important, especially on the platform, that the worship leaders have spent time with him in that presence mm-hmm. and have seen a glimpse of his word because that's where his holiness is, especially in the power of the cross. And that is what moves you to a deeper level of worship in a response to his holiness. And I feel like 
this year has been such a year of me just spending time in his presence. And I remember um, I sat down with one of my mentors in Phoenix before moving here. And I asked her, like, what keeps you going in ministry? Like, how do you stay in ministry for so long? And I remember she looked at me and her eyes just got so welled up with tears. And she said that, she just said, like, I love the presence of God. Mm. That was her answer. And I remember sitting in that, on that, in that table. Mm. And I was like, I made a secret prayer in that moment. I was like, Lord, I want that to be my why is because I just love your presence so much. And that has kind of been my prayer every day. Mm -hmm. And I tell him that as much as I can of like, Lord, I love you and I love your presence so much. Um, And just spending time in his word Mm -hmm. just really draws me deeper. And like, I just see glimpses of his holiness and it's just, that has been like a place of worship for me. Mm. It's just spending time with him. That's so good. So good. Um, I think that anybody who knows you, that's so evident in your life that everything that you're doing, even having a conversation with somebody, like you are just so intentional and everything that you do is honoring to God, which Mm -hmm. that's worship. And so Mm -hmm. I think worship is so much more than singing on a stage or engaging in that way, but it's a lifestyle and how we live our lives. That's very evident in your life also, which is inspiring to so many. So as we wrap things up, um, one last question is if you had like a theme word or a theme phrase for your story and your journey, what would it be? I would say a phrase would be friend of Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> I'm hoping to grow to be more and more a good friend of Jesus. That when people see me, they're like, oh, she's a friend of Jesus. Mm. You know, I love that. I would say that's my phrase. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> well, we could just talk forever, but um, I know that I was very encouraged by this. I oh. hope everybody who's watching was also encouraged by this. If this blessed you, um, just share it with someone or even you know just take it to heart listen to it again also (laughs) that repetition is always good but uh, feel free to share this and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all of the amazing stories from this season but we hope you have an amazing day and we will see you next week